Hey, welcome back for episode three of Turbo Comics Podcast. This is Max. We're stoked to have you guys back again. In this episode, we're going to be spending a little time with one of our favorite superheroes and the mythos around that superhero. It's going to be in the DC universe, so you Marvel fans, try to stick with us because it's going to be a lot of fun. Also, uh, we want you guys to just take a look at our Twitter, take a look at our Facebook. Um, We're going to be posting updates on there. We're going to be also giving away some really cool prizes. Uh, We're going to be announcing those winners in our episode four podcast. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you follow us on Twitter. All that information is gonna be down at the tail of the show. So keep your ears peeled for that information. And without that, we'll go ahead and start the cast. Welcome to the Turbo Comics Podcast, episode three, AKA the Lantern episode, you nerds. In brightest day, in blackest night. I can't. <laughs> Damn it, Matt. We're going to do this. All right. Come on. Come on. Here we go. Come on. Here we go. Um, hold, give me like two seconds. Just give me. In brightest day, in blackest night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Get in the All zone, right. dude. Come on. Okay. All right. Here, here we go. All right. Here we go. Yeah. In brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil's might beware my power. Green Lantern's light. Hey. There we go. All right. There we go. Now we can actually thought, podcast. Okay. I thought that was going to start. It sounded like we were going to do Thriller. For, <laughs> I thought it was going to be the Vincent Price Thriller. So. <laughs> yeah that was a little too ominous probably yeah, i totally agree yeah, you know, well, yeah well, well you know here we are you know we're 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 obviously going to be talking about green lanterns you know, I, you know man listeners if you've learned anything um about green lanterns in the past we hope it's not from the 2011 Ryan reynolds movie um we're going to be talking about some things you know if you learned everything you know about the intergalactic police force known as the green lantern corps from that abomination that was that 2011 Ryan reynolds mini the good good news is, is that you at least have the basics and that uh you know they're essentially space cops with cool power rings that let them focus their wills and manifest anything that they can imagine now, the bad news is, is that if you watch that film, um, you know, you probably don't have the highest opinion of Green Lanterns. And those that are unfamiliar with the Green Lantern mythos and, and the history, uh, you know, we don't have enough time to really delve into everything. But we're going to try to cover some nuances of the Lantern spectrum, uh, some of our favorite creators, some of our favorite characters, some of our favorite story arcs. We're really going to cover a lot about, you know, what our favorite things about the Green Lantern universe is. Like, what are, you know, what are our favorite um you know, characters, all these different things. And so, but also how it kind of, you know, has clearly impacted parts of our comic reading in our life. Um, even, you know, when it comes to, you know, different uh, maybe designs that you put on your actual physical self. Here we um, go. I know that a couple of us here on the show, uh, you know, welcoming back Zach and, uh, and Matt, you know, to the show. I know these guys have a particular bond when it comes to Green Lantern because <laughs> they actually shared bro tats. You know, we have a story about, bro tat tattoos you know. matching bro tats i don't remember whose idea this was so i'm gonna blame matt yours uh, it was totally nah, yours nah. You were, i'm i'm pretty sure you were close to leaving right is that what that was i thought you were you moved first i thought 
what happened? Who I left who so, first? This is so long ago. I'm pretty sure you did, dude. You're blaming me. Okay. Yes. Well, well so whatever it, happened, one of us were leaving, and we just kind of came to the conclusion that we wanted to have tattoos. And the most obvious thing was to, of course, um, solidify our uh, relationship with tattoos. <laughs> yes. Um, and permanent ink on our bodies. And we did like, yeah. I think you did a simple search to find the tattoo artist, correct? I think that's what you did. Yeah, I, I, that might have been it. Or we might have just driven to the only tattoo parlor. I, it, maybe it was Nampa, maybe it was Boise. I don't know. The place is no longer a business, I guarantee you. Um, but yeah. Well, it looked I, like a snow cone shack, but with, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> but with <laughs> a tattoo artist on the just inside. Like a, yeah, a derelict coast it, it was it was it was bad and then not to mention the tattoo artist i distinctly remember him telling me he was fresh out of prison like a week it, this was he he mastered the art of tattoo on the inside of some jail and then decided to take his practice outside yeah well, this, is my first, this, this is my first tattoo and i was nervous as you know nervous as shit already and well. then yeah, yeah and, and you get this guy gnawing at my arm and uh you know and uh you know i asked for a green lantern and i thought you know it'd be tastefully done um uh, on the plus side mine did glow in the dark i don't know if you guys knew that wow but i had yeah. some glow, i had some it was the outline i think uh are you sure that just wasn't like the hepatitis c that was just glowing in the uh, dark there <laughs> i don't know i have to go <laughs> to the doctor tomorrow more. Yeah, we share well, more than the tattoo. Yeah, <laughs> if it hasn't hurt me now, it uh, you know it, it yeah. there's it was probably clean. Um, but I got uh, I got this giant like fist size <laughs> one on my bicep. I didn't even mean to get it that big, but I just didn't know any better. I was like, oh yeah, I want this symbol, and the dude took the symbol that I printed off from home and just slapped it on my arm and then colored it in. And so I mean, uh, you know, I got my twenty inch pythons and everything. It probably took up about. <laughs> 15 inches of that <laughs> at the time those weren't uh those weren't pythons at the time those oh yeah those are jelly rolls man the bingo yeah, those are like yeah those are like a baby bingo um but no like uh and i we asked for matching tattoos and we both got distinctly different ones um yeah he actually put he put the green lantern symbol on mine around a freckle so when i turned it sideways it looked wider, which um, oh my gosh yeah, which was terrible. But like they didn't match at all because mine was like the size of a silver dollar and his yep. was the size of like uh his arm. And so <laughs> Yeah, it was not a subtle <laughs> tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the worst thing we could have probably done as friends. Well, um, I mean, he probably didn't have that much of a frame of reference and he, you know, he, he was probably under the influence of several different substances at the time in the snow cone shack. So Yeah. Yeah, which yeah. we funded. Yeah. Yeah, and he and he and he didn't give a shit. We were too like, how old were we? Like twenty one. 20 something like that and we just we weren't even 21 i'm pretty yeah. sure we were still like 19 or 20 yeah we just walked in there looking like a bunch of idiots and he was like yeah whatever give me your money and slapped it on us so i'm curious but, as, as to what a guy just fresh out of prison thinks about two dudes coming in getting matching green lantern tattoos i mean that's we should have had him on the show yeah that's yeah. true yeah <laughs> dude odds are he's either well i shouldn't say that he he might be living a nice fulfilling life right now somewhere in idaho Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, moving on. <laughs> so that's a little bit about, you know, obviously how Green Lantern has, has touched some of our lives in, in more ways. Than, and uh, and so, you know, I guess we kind of want to talk about, you know, 
what are some of our favorite creators? I mean, these are the people that brought us these awesome stories that are, you know, that we're still reading today, you know, well, at least some of us, I know I'm looking at you, Zach, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but uh, you know, who are our favorite creators, our writers, artists, you know, things like that. You know, um, what were some of your favorites, Zach? So one of my writers, even though he's not like, he's not really known for Green Lantern, but he had a, a overall like huge, huge impact, especially in modern books on Green Lantern was Alan Moore in the various one shots he did. Um, one of my favorite Ooh. stories by Alan Moore. Have you heard of him? Mm. No, first time. Mm. Snake God. Yeah, Snake God, uh, English wizard. I also discovered uh, he had a, uh, oh, what was it? A chamber pop uh, album that came out in the early 80s called The Sinister Ducks. That sounds amazing. Yeah, no, you can uh, find it on YouTube. They only released a, uh, I think, an L or no, an EP with two tracks on it. But uh, yeah, if you want to hear Alan Moore sing, just uh, go on YouTube and look up, uh, I think it's called The March of the Sinister Ducks. It's probably and, at least as good as the weekend. Yeah, <laughs> we will, is that how we want to do this? <laughs> uh, we'll just keep on rolling. So uh, Alan Moore. Um, so he wrote uh, the first short story I ever read by Alan Moore, as far as Green Lantern stuff, was in Blackest Night, which I read in a compilation of his DC Universe stories. Um, and what what this story did for me it realized it made me realize the extent that you can go with Green Lantern stories and like the the wide variety of characters and planets and everything you can uh, explore. So, in this uh, in this short story, Kat Matui, who is a, a Green Lantern, uh, pink skin, she flies to a planet that basically doesn't have any light, and the issue and they, they communicate everything via sound. And uh, you go through and um, she finds a uh, alien being there and basically the whole issue is her trying to explain the concept of this green lantern on a planet which has no light and how she converts all of the their quotes or the, the oath that we said at the beginning how she equates that to the guy to use um, chimes and bells and all this stuff to actually become a green lantern so it just it, he really opened up the door and then i'm sure max will talk about it later on with the blackest night series but he also wrote a um an issue which alluded heavily to the blackest night mythos yeah. he, he basically laid the laid the ground for that that dc picked up about 30 years later totally yeah tales of the green lantern Corps two annual two right that's it yeah, that's, that's a fantastic book. Like that's, you know, I mean, it's, that's what, again, that's one of those books that you can find in your bargain bins right now, you know? And yeah. That's actually amazing. a really great pickup too. Yeah. That, uh, tales of the green lantern Corps annual too is a great, great read. Super good. What, what are some of your favorites, Matt? Oh, this is such a great stuff. Sit back and relax. Yeah, no, 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 that's not going to happen, but. <laughs> Um, maybe there, there's like a ton. I, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan. It's probably my favorite comic book character of all time. One of them for sure. Top three hands down. And, uh, I just have a long, long history with the character. I've, I've loved it all the way back to the golden age. I love all those books all the way up to modern. It's been a stalwart. It's, uh, you know, I, I equate it to kind of like, um, how Marvel does daredevil. Daredevil has been consistently good for a long, long time, even when it's been not so good, still yeah. good. And it's kind of that for DC where it doesn't really matter the period. It's still pretty fun. Sometimes there's stuff that's not great, but Green Lantern's always had like a really great history. But um, my favorite storyline and creators probably all tie into Ron Mars because I just love what he did with the character, which is kind of controversial. What, what, what did he do with the character, man? <laughs> oh, yeah. He totally maimed them. That's like one of my favorite things is... Uh, 
you know, he turned the he turned one of the quintessential uh, heroes into a villain, which caused an uproar in the comic community. And I don't know if many people remember this, but um, Hal Jordan goes nuts, kills all the Green Lantern Corps, kills everything, uh, puts on the rings and becomes uh, this uh, villain called Parallax, which later on gets um, changed into its own own separately and we'll talk mm. about or maybe but um at the time it was just Hal Jordan going berserk and uh it was a very bold move for DC in the editorial because they took like I mean the sales were sagging of course and that's whenever they make those big changes but I mean you know editorial mandated to do something drastic and to take a character like that and you know completely go down that path is pretty intense, especially for in continuity. It's not like yeah. this yeah. format or vertigo or, well, you know, I this mean, is not. Yeah, and it was mean, in that, it was in that time frame too, where we had like, you know, the death of Superman and that sort yeah. of thing. So they but, were clearly the, trying to piggyback yeah. off that a little but bit. The difference, the difference with those is, I mean, Superman got killed defending Metropolis. Batman got his bat broken by Bane. Yep. Neither one of them killed all of their colleagues. And then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah and so, then completely berserk. So, and, yeah. and Twilight's one of my favorites, just because it's such a drastic change to what was what had come before. And while I still love everything about it, you know, when you have the character doing the same thing for 15, 20 years, it does get stagnant. You know, yeah. yeah, it's kind of stale. And so they decided to shake it up, and they went hardcore. Like it's it's a you know it's a pretty intense emotional ride, especially if you're a fan of the comics. You know. Which people saw field it just happened, and everybody's like, "Oh, oh shit!" No, you know? totally. Yeah. Do you guys remember the so, uh, the internet? It was like a, I mean, it was infancy of the internet, but it was that uh, the group that um, developed basically to harass. Well, I shouldn't say this, but they they uh, it was like called Heat <laughs> Heat or something like that. Uh, the the howls something. Oh attack, yeah, attack yeah. It was basically it was a, a group of dudes that banded together basically just to protest this character change. Yeah, but, uh, people were, and people were super first. angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's a huge it's a huge twist. They turned him into a villain. And but DC what and this is the thing that I miss about DC is when they had like a spine and they would stick with it. You know, they yeah. made it and stuck with it. And so but there was a lot of great things that came out of that that Emerald Twilight because I mean, not to just piggyback into who my favorite lantern is, it's obviously Kyle Rayner. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they they had a great legacy with characters like the flash and, you know, I mean, green lantern, all, all these guys, sure. all these characters, they were able to keep really great story writing, you know, really great um, character arcs. So I, I Emerald twilight's my pick for my favorite. No, that's, a, that's a great pick. And, and it's funny because yeah. it, it's funny because it's, it's almost like I was one of those guys who was completely against that. I was one of those guys who was like, no, not hell. You know, I was like, you can't do that. I was like, that's complete bullshit. And, and I remember, um, as a kid, I remember just being pretty mad about that. I remember, I remember the letters into wizard about that actually, even oh, yeah. there were just like so many people that were mad and, and I was one of them. And then when we saw like the first mock-ups of Kyle, I was like, who is this guy with this weird crab looking mask? Like this guy, is it cool? Like, <laughs> but I was like the traditionalist kind of like, like you know, fan. And it kind of upset me a little bit until I eventually like read those books leading up to it. And they were fantastic, but no, that's, yeah. that's a great pick. Well, the, um, the, the thing that saved Kyle Rayner for me was Grant Morrison's JLA. Like he, he was yeah. so well used in that series that, uh, it may, I mean, I basically yeah. forgot about how at that point. Oh no. yeah. Totally. Well, 
Well, at that time, like, you know, Kyle Rayner became like the solo lantern. He was yeah. the only one. Like they had like pretty much got rid of all of them. So he had all the power, you know, he was the only one in the books. Um which, you know, there was able to develop him quite a bit. And he was just different, you know, he was um He was he, totally different. Yeah, which was it was nice, you know, like I mean you know, when you talk about Barry and Wally, you know, if we use the flash analogy, you still get kind of like a little bit of overlap. Like Kyle wasn't that Kyle was like a stark turnaround. And so that I, I just thought it was a really brave move that like, you know, to take the character into the future, you know, take or create something new. So, yeah. no, I think that's a great pick. And, and you're right. He was totally, totally different than Hal. Um, but I guess, you know, for, for me, you know, there's two different pivotal points, I guess, for when it comes to, um, you know, five favorite kind of like creative teams or favorite kind of like teams that really push like the, the mythos of the Lantern story forward. Um, you know, I, I was a Hal kid, you know, I mean, I have, you know, the Green Lantern, um, you know, figure, the superpowers figure. I mean, that's how I became a Green Lantern fan. And, um, I always, you know, I think the thing that interests me about Green Lantern was that I never really understood his power as a, as a little boy. I was like, what is this? I don't even understand what this thing is. Like, what does it really do? And I think that's what really kind of interested me about the character. And, and it actually was one of the only DC titles that I had been reading for, you know, quite some time. That and Superman off and on. But, you know, again, when, when, that, when we transitioned into, like, the end of Hal Jordan's kind of time, it really kind of broke my heart. But, uh, but now I'm okay with it. Um, you know, but, but I think what probably, yeah, but I, I mean, we would be remiss not to mention the, you know, the kind of like one of the apex teams here when we talk about Lantern lore and that's the Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill run. I mean, that was from 1970 mm-hmm. to 72. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> in a lot of ways, this is the moment, um, you know, when superheroes, you know, to, you know, pardon for the, pardon me for the expression, but it's the moment that superheroes got woke almost, um, you know, these were, you know, Neil and Adam or Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill. These were a couple of guys that basically tapped into, you know, a lot of the radical politics of the era and the growth of the counterculture of that era. And they essentially worked to establish, you know, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan as this sort of like establishment figure, while Green Arrow was sort of like the anti-establishment archer. And <clears throat> this was this was fantastic. If you guys haven't read those books, I'd super recommend it. Um, go and grab like the Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Omnibus if you can, or some of those trades because the you know these guys, Adams and O'Neill, were really able to help to introduce a lot of social topics such as race relations, pollution, consumerism. I mean, drug abuse, heroin, uh, heroin. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they they basically introduce you know a level of relevancy that had often not been seen in comics yet. And that's one of the reasons why it was so groundbreaking. Yeah. And, and what a side note to that is, is that like, you know, if we're talking about the difference in like just the comic book temperature at the time, like, you know, Marvel had all their street characters or, you know, street based characters. And, you know, they were all much different, like to bring green lantern and green arrow into like, you know, to bring green lantern into like that sort of sort of social consciousness was a super odd move because I mean, it was yeah. like a galactic cop, you know, like yeah, in, in the streets. Yeah. And you know, the silver age that, you know, those were, that, that's, I mean, those are a pinnacle of the books. Like those are probably some of the best written stories from that period in general, you know? So yeah, it's a really yeah. good pick. Yeah. The, the, you know, you got it. If you haven't ever read those, I mean, obviously Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill, they, these guys are legends of 
industry. So highly recommend those. Um, I, you know, again, the other thing that I got to mention, and we have to mention this in order to even move the podcast forward, is what Jeff Johns has done for just the Lantern Mythos. I mean, if you aren't familiar with Jeff Johns, I'm sure most of our listeners are, but Johns was essentially responsible for the return of Hal Jordan in 2005. <laughs> erasing all the shit I liked. Basically erasing all the shit that Matt likes, yeah. You know, so it, No, it's really good, though. It's it really is. good. I mean, Green Lantern kind of Rebirth, good. fantastic. Yeah, it was kind of like at the time I was I was very skeptical just because I was like, really, like here's like the big we're bringing Hal back, and at first it kind of sounded odd, and then we had the rainbow idea, but I mean it, it expanded it, and you know, yeah. brought and it just brought the whole universe back into a, a bigger a bigger spotlight. I mean, it, it was just so so fleshed out. I mean, when he when he came on um, and he and he did that with Green Lantern Rebirth, I remember reading that and thinking, and in a lot of ways like at that time i was just completely sort of not you know in a right not not a huge fan of a lot of the superhero comics that were coming out of dc and i remember reading uh rebirth and <laughs> yeah. i was like this is fantastic and uh you know and then obviously him like going on and becoming the subsequent green lantern uh, ongoing writer um you know but i think the thing that he helped to establish again is that you know he brought hal jordan back as being a hero and then like what Matt said, he established that color spectrum introduction, you know, and, and the cool thing about that is that when he when he brought these new things in, and this also goes back to what Matt or what Zach was saying with Alan Moore, is that he folded in a lot of the old concepts, like folding in mm -hmm. the new and old concepts together. But I mean, I mean, his run on like Green Lantern, whether, whether we're talking about the Sinestro Core War, Blackest Night, Brightest Day. I mean, we're talking about all these different changes that he made, like two lanterns in every sector, um, basically reimagining the Green Lantern mythos and origins, and but really exploring the structure even of, you know, the the Green Lantern core and the hierarchy there. Um, he was one of yeah. my favorites. Yeah. And, you know, the other person that I want to give a quick mention to also is Peter Tomasi. I mean, his work on Green Lantern core is some of my favorite, like, superhero team books ever. I mean, underrated. I, I, oh, man, they're so, so good. Um, yeah, you know, if you want to go back books. and read those, 2007 is about when they came around. But like Peter Tomasi was also the co-writer of Blackest Night and, and also Brightest Day. But he was also writing Green Lantern Emerald Warriors at the time, which was also mm -hmm. fantastic. You know, so, you know, these are all like, you know, we've mentioned a lot of great names. We've mentioned Alan Moore um, and Alan Moore obviously worked with Dave Gibbons on that, who was, you know, he's a legend of the industry. You know, Matt mentioned Ron Mars. Um, you know, then we got obviously Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill, Jeff Johns, Peter Tomasi, but you know, we got to mention also, you know, guys like Gil Kane. I mean, there's going to be people that are going to be railing on us if we don't mention Gil Kane. Gardner we gotta, Fox. Yeah. We got to mention yeah, okay. Gardner Fox. We got to mention Joe Staten. Um, oh yeah. That's a good um, one. Got to mention him. We got to mention Len Wein, you know, um, and there's, you know, a dozen others that are, you know, some of the best creators, artists, writers that have touched, uh, touch green lantern and have been part of our you know some of our favorite yeah. story arcs and i well, guess well, to talk about story arcs let me add in martin nodell and bill finger real quick yeah. please let's come mm -hmm. up with the ogs <laughs> yes yeah well you know it, that's again and like i made that analogy to daredevil you can go back to the beginning of green lantern and good to now like yeah. you can, and, and yeah. even like the periods that aren't like they're like meh they're still usually leagues more interesting, you know, than some of the other contemporary books out there. And you mentioned Jeff John's work. And a, a thing about that is, is that, 
you know, in a lot of ways that really propelled the DC universe at the time. Like it really did. Yeah. You know, you, you mentioned that the superhero books weren't that great and you're not wrong. Like that, at that period, like it was not fun, you know, but he just created this whole new, brave new world for it well i mean and and he was he was sowing the seeds for that all the way back during his jsa run with how much love he gave to alan scott and building up all of the green lantern supporting stuff there between jade and uh obsidian and and that whole story arc i mean jeff john's like really i mean you you can tell his love for the dc characters and it it really pays off in his work he just he takes the 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 essence of the character and then just uh stretches out with new ideas that are in line with what the characters would do based off their legacy history. It's just, he's probably my favorite DC, like modern DC writer. Um, I mean, I never thought I would actively read a JSA book, but when he was on it, I was reading that thing every single month. It's so good. Yeah. 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 Well, it's so so good. for a long time too. And so, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is that like he was able to, I remember, you know, I mean, the same sort of thing exists now, but I had, you know, just, um, you know, overarching, you know, story arc fatigue where, you know, he had books on, you know, these giant story arcs that were on a dozen different books, you know, even back then. And I remember being like, oh man, I don't know how this is going to be. Um, I don't know how Blackest Night is going to be, but I remember when that started, that was one of my big time favorite story yeah. arcs. I mean, that was, that was really fantastic. But what were some of your favorite story arcs, Zach? So uh, my favorite one, um, it, it, it's actually not even a Green Lantern book per se, but he is a main protagonist. Uh, but this book encompasses the whole uh, DC universe, really. And that's uh, Darwin Cook's DC, The New Frontier. Uh, I'm sure if, if you've read comics in the last decade, you've heard about it. Um, you can get it in, in a couple different trade paperbacks, an absolute omnibus edition and all that. But basically, it's a series where you're, you got your Golden Age heroes, like Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman meeting Silver Age characters like Flash, Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, and Marsh Manhunter, and a few others. And with that, you see Hal Jordan's uh, transformation from a, a cocky fighter pilot. Uh, he gets shot down over, I think it's Korea, uh, after a peace treaty. He's been signed during the Korean War. Um, and you basically watch him like overcome his own doubts, overcome his own fears, and basically rise to the occasion. And at the end of the day, he's the one that saves Earth from the uh, well, the big dinosaur island. <laughs> uh, he's the one that, that pulls the trigger and, and saves everybody, not Superman or Batman or whatever. So um, and Hal Jordan, he, he was really the it, like he was the basically the glue between the golden and the silver age. Like the story just focused in and around him. Uh, I mean, he's not in every single panel. I mean, it focuses on a bunch of other stuff in the DC universe as well. But it's it, it's one of the best pure representations that I've read of yeah. Hal Jordan. Yeah, and, uh, and, yeah, it, and I it, highly recommend it. If nobody's read that, that's you got to read that. The New Frontier. Yeah, and it's mm-hmm. just like a. I mean, it's something that everybody should win, or, or everybody should read. I mean, it's from Eisner award-winning artist Darwin Cook. If you guys haven't read that, DC New Frontier. I mean, that yeah, yeah, rest in peace. I mean, this that's one of the best things that you can ever read. I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, there's even yeah. you know the animated version of it, which is pretty great too. Um, probably one of the better DC animated. Um, yeah, I mean, and that's saying something too because DC does their animation well. So yeah, totally. What about you, Matt? What are some of your favorite story arcs? I know you mentioned one earlier, but yeah, I already mentioned, um, you know, prop Emerald Twilight and New Dawn, but I'm going to call an audible here and probably kind of mention something that's a little bit uh, more obscure for it. I don't know if you guys remember Will World. You guys remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a really, really cool. It's the art, and it's done by the late Seth Fisher, which um, his 
speaking of the deceased, um, unfortunately, his career was cut short by his passing, um, which was 2005 or man, it's been that long. Huh? It's been a while. And he was like a big up and car and he just created this colorful visual world for um, Green Lantern. And this is like a standalone story. So even if you have no context of Green Lantern, what's great about it is you can pick it up. Um and you know, I'm drawing a blank on who wrote it. I think it's uh, Dematis wrote that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There we go. And it focuses on a, a young Hal Jordan learning the ropes, and the Green Lanterns creating this like um, kind of like test for him. And so he has to go through all these imaginations of different Green Lanterns, and it's just very, very vivid and beautiful. Um, it sometimes might fall into like a more um, if you're into indie comics or alternative yeah. comics, it's probably going to appeal to you, but it's just super colorful and beautiful. And I really think that's one to also pick up. Like, like I said, I also love Emerald Twilight and New Dawn because I'm a homer for that stuff. But <laughs> you know, and the Will Worlds are really, you know, that's a really um, interesting take standalone. So uh, listeners out there, if you're, and it's a kind of like an early origin story. So if you want to get a feel yeah. for character you don't have to have the baggage of a million years of history which this character does have so you can kind of just you know pull that book up and check it out it's a really good standalone i think i think that's totally right but it, i think you're totally right when you say it's sort of like um you know where you see kind of like a younger Hal and how he has to kind of like do all of these things in this sort of weird psychedelic world in order oh, yeah. to master his ring um and and the writing you know by d matisse and the art uh by fisher is fantastic man i that that's one of my favorites i mean because like you said it's it's completely standalone it actually reminded me a lot of madman um you know yeah yeah you know, kind of like all red stuff um but you know super super awesome um will world 2001 that's a great great one I'm going to mention two obvious ones um, that we've been talking about, you know, the, the first, you know, being going back to Jeff Johns is, you know, Blackest Night in 2009. And I, I want to bring up Blackest Night again, because again, in my opinion, this was um, one of the best DC events ever. Um, this event, you know, involves a character called Necron, who, who you know, basically was created by Wine and Staten. Um, so it's the reintroduction of this character. And this is, again, where Johns has so much love and respect and reverence for you know, kind of just DC, you know, lore that he's pulling these characters from, you know, obscurity in some ways and, and reinvigorating them and reintroducing them to readers in new ways. And so he brings back, you know, Necron, who is essentially the personified force of death. And this is a person who reanimates deceased superheroes. And he, his goal is essentially to, you know, you know, eliminate all life and emotion from the universe. And, you know, this is a fantastic story arc. You have some really mm -hmm. great characters. Like the, the, the Black Hand is like awesome, awesome, awesome in this, you know, the quote unquote Black Incarnate, you know, um, he's fantastic. Um, it's fantastic watching, you know, some of these Black Lanterns come back from the dead. You know, I, I, I like seeing Blue Beetle, seeing Ted Cord come back, seeing, you know, all these different people come back from the dead. It's just so, so fun and so much, so cool. And then you also see like characters that I love, like Dead Man, um, kind of, you know, their sort of narrative weaving throughout this Blackest Night sort of story. And, you know, again, if you haven't ever read this, I mean, it is absolutely fantastic. For those of you that are just Marvel guys and you haven't really read that much DC stuff, I mean, just pick this up. I mean, you're going to be entertained. You're going to love it. You're going to be interested. It's going to make you question who are some of these characters and maybe you'll spin off and start to read some other books. So, 
definitely recommend Blackest Night. And the other one that I want to quickly mention um, is kind of the precursor to Blackest Night. And this is actually maybe my favorite Jeff Johns story arc. Um, and it's the Sinestro, Sinestro Core War. And mm -hmm. I, I, I mentioned this one just because I'm such a massive fan of Sinestro. And, and, and the other thing is that I really love this one because this is really where we saw Johns, um, like we said before, really pull from a lot of those concepts that were introduced by Alan Moore and Kevin O'Neill and Dave Gibbons in that Tales of the Green Lantern Corps, uh, those annuals back in the day. But Sinestro Core War, um, I think that was happened around 2007, um, but Sinestro basically amasses an army in the antimatter universe with the yellow power rings. Um, he wants to essentially instill great fear and, and rule over everything. And it basically starts an interstellar war against the Green Lantern Corps. But this particular book, like this story arc was just fantastic. And one of the things that I've always loved about the Lantern mythos is that there's actual life and death situations and you actually see where characters actually die. And these might be, you know, sort of like side characters, general characters that you might have in 20 issues or so. But I mean, it's still, when you get used to seeing that person for like maybe a year's worth of issues and then they die suddenly, it's kind of shocking. And so there's lots of character deaths in the Sinestro Core War that are just, you know, keep you invigorated and shocked and wanting to read the next issue. Um, there's lots of great yeah. characters in it too. Cyborg Superman is one of oh, the best yes. villains in that run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like Hank, Hank Henshaw mm -hmm. is so awesome. Yeah. Um, I know, you know, and and Zach will, you know, you'll probably love this, but like Alan Moore's Sodom Yat in the in in Sinestro yeah. Core War is freaking awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, and then just Sinestro in general. I really love the spin sort of that Johns has put on Sinestro, um, you know, since he started, and and his sort of just like calculating and, and deviousness in that particular arc was really fa fascinating. I thought. Well, they, it, that the thing about the Sinestro Core War is that you know we're talking like this was this is like a blockbuster event for anybody who hasn't read it. It's uh, it was not only like a, a critical success, but also a commercial success for DC at the time. Yeah. They you know that really helped them on a lot of struggling titles, you know, and yeah. um, and it really propelled that. I think that's what really propelled Johns to where he is at. Like that's uh, to put him in the role that he is and. That, I mean, you're right. The The character changes in that are so great where they, you know, a Sinistro comes back as like this real intense force in it. He He's like, he's a dictator. He's just like this, you know, uh, just evil fascist, you know, who thinks everything yeah. he does is correct. And he's, you know, that's, he's this very scary, relatable, you know, these are things that you, you know, we've seen these people throughout, you know, time. So He's a very relatable character where before he was kind of languishing in nothing, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, sometimes hokey, you know, and um, the, that really brought Sinestro back as like a, a major, major. And, and like you said, really brought the thing that Johns does beautifully is takes like the here's one of Zach's favorite things. Continuity. Oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and he, he really threads yeah. everything together so well. He like understands the concepts of the character, even though he can still move them forward, if that makes sense. Like he's oh, not, totally. not doing some like real drastic change, even though I just said, I love that, but he's, you know, he's really just propelling these characters into like a meaningful way. And there are so many new characters, a lot of Green Lantern's yeah. greatest villains 
are probably coming from this period. Like, Oh, totally. Like, and, and even taking like characters that were like, uh, you know, kind of languishing in, in stasis, like, you know, like, um, like Superman prime or Superboy prime and now super Bo- Superman prime. I mean, yeah. and, and bringing back the anti-monitor and things like that. I mean, he, he's, it's basically a love letter to these forgotten sort of sublets of the DCU and then weaving mm-hmm. that into like mm-hmm. the tapestry of his narrative, which is great. When you said forgotten, I thought you were going to talk about ranks, the uh, sentient <laughs> city there for a second, yes. like Superboy <laughs> prime, like the year before it just yeah. beat up half the DC universe, man. Yeah. No, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I get tired of Superboy prime. His reality punches. Ugh. anyways. We're, we're going to have no, a side episode it. just on Superboy Prime where, you know, Zach just basically shares all of his feelings. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> yeah. A special one-on-one episode of me venting about Superboy Prime. <laughs> I mean, the dude. I prom- love, he's great. Well, no, he's a, good, he's a good, no, he's no, don't get me wrong. He's, he's a good villain. Just like the way they used him in infinite crisis kind of irritated me. Well, I mean, we're, it, we're, we're not, like, we're not going to go down the crisis rabbit hole. But, yeah, but I'm just saying uh, he's, he's he's punching the wall to reality and bringing Jason Todd back to life. Like, really? That's that's. I mean, it's it's a good as any for a comic, I guess. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <come> on. moving on. Harumph, 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 harumph. That a so I guess ta- right ta- now. Talking about like some of those characters, though. I mean, so just characters that have been part of like the Green Lantern like mythos. Like, what are you know? What are some of your guys' favorite characters? What are some of your favorite characters? That. Um, let's see. So favorite, uh, honestly, like outside of human green lanterns, the, the one that always comes to mind when I think of green lanterns, Kilowog, he's like, he's yeah. always there. He's, he's, uh, he's like the, the persistent force with the green lanterns, but like him and like Salak, I guess, but Kilowog's always there, always training, always calling people poosers, which is awesome. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's just he's he's what I think of when I think of the Green Lantern Corps. Honestly, like I mean, he, you know, I kind of um, he's uh, just always a great supporting character and uh, just always there for the core. And like he's you know with all the changes that happened during the Hal Kyle uh, like John Stewart guy Gardner era, um, like he was the the main like continuity. There's that word again. Back yeah. with the back with the Green Lantern Corps. So and plus he's just entertaining. And I keep on calling it a he, but uh isn't Kilowog like the female of the species? I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't think so. I no. Oh, but... I think so. That might have been my fan fiction. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> do but you have anyways, a favorite yeah. do you have a favorite villain or is it Do I have a favorite villain? I mean gosh, I, I don't want to steal steal your uh steal your thunder with sinestro but i mean honestly probably i mean i mean he's the the quintessential green lantern totally. villain um i mean and he's he's scary as shit man he was scary in, in again an in infinite crisis um when they slaughtered the who was it the the freedom yes. fighters man is that who yeah. they yeah yeah like that first issue like seeing sinestro and just like you know just run house over people it's it's a pretty terrifying thing to see like a weapon that can run off your imagination used to just slaughter people yeah and he thinks he's doing the right thing, which is yeah, it makes it even yeah. scarier. Yeah, totally. What about you, Matt? What are some of your favorites? All of them? No, <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I mean, yeah, there's so many great Green Lanterns, and I mean, you know, uh, a cop out. I already mentioned Kyle Rayner. He is my, you know, if I was trying to pick someone separate or he, different, he's your you know? he's your what? He's your favorite? Is that what you said? You, you dropped out for a second there. Oh yeah, he's definitely my favorite. But oh, not, okay, one of my other uh, one of the other characters I like is Sodom. Yeah, I like him quite a bit, especially when he takes on the Ion. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Because he gets that happens in the Sinestro Corps War, I believe. It's that passed on to him. Um, and that's again comes back to that uh, uh, Alan Moore, you know, and how he's kind of all these threads. So, but Kyle Rayner, I mean, all the main guys are so great, you know, and right. there's so many cool secondary Green Lantern characters that are coming in and out. Um, I like all the modern takes too, you know. I anytime there's a new Green Lantern, I'm pretty stoked. So, you know, because I don't know, it's just really cool to see how expansive it can get, you know, whether it's, you know. Well, and it's really fun to see like how those uh, how those characters are actually going to react to having the power of you know the, the Green Lantern. You know, how, what are they going to do? What what is the going to you know bring forth here? Like, because like we were talking about the differences between Kyle and and Hal. I mean, Hal was so in a lot of ways pretty generic when it comes to his constructs. You know, I mean, it's like you know. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, I mean, if you were reading those Lantern books with Kyle, I mean, he was doing some wacky weird stuff with his constructs and he was that was his character right um yeah so it's always interesting to see like what these new lanterns are going to do um how they're going to actually react to having this type of power uh how they're going to react to the responsibility of having that power um i think a couple of my favorites uh so you know i could have easily picked hal but i think that's a cop out um and i gotta pick you know my my probably my second favorite lantern and and that's it's got to be Guy Gardner. I mean, I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've loved this guy since, you know, like basically reading the old Justice League books, like with Kevin McGuire and Jam D. Matisse and all those guys. I mean, I love how snarky he is. He's just a hot headed asshole, breaks a lot of the rules, but he's always indispensable. But I really loved the evolution of this character by Johnson Tomasi. I mean, they made him into one of my favorite characters in the in, entire DCU. You know, seeing his evolution continue also in the Green Lantern Corps book, or the Red Lantern Corps books, actually, um, by mm-hmm. writers like, uh, I think, Peter Milligan and Charles Soule was fantastic. I mean, yeah, I always bring him up. Like, I've you know, a lot of the time people will be talking about Lanterns and be like, well, who's your favorite? And I'll say Guy Gardner, and they'll, like, give me shit about it. Like, he's such a terrible character. Oh, the, the bull haircut and mm, all this no. stuff. But, man, if they were just reading books in the last, like, 20 years, I mean, this is, like, he's such a fantastic character. Um, a good arc like it yeah, really it, it is a good yeah. arc you know yeah. for... and it really shows like how he's came come to terms with his own demons and things like that but again like just a quick shout out again for red, red lantern Corps. i mean that was a great book especially when charles i think came on um mm-hmm. peter did a good job but when charles phil came on that that book really took off and it was really fantastic um obviously favorite villain is sinestro i mean this is a guy who's he's seeking to impose order and control onto the entire universe in a way that's so interesting. Um, it's almost like, you know, he's a dictator essentially, um, but he's cunning, he's calculating. Um, you know, I think like, you know, following his imprisonment, um, you know, I think following crisis on infinite earths as well, like his eventual return, um, you know, with the return of parallax and all of that. And then the rise during the Sinestro core war, like we're talking about character arcs, his character arc is fantastic. And John's played a huge part in that as well. Um, just a great character, but I do have a couple honorable mentions. Like, um, if you're an old school fan and I'm talking old school, Dr. Polaris is awesome. Um, that's you know, a great character. You, you gotta, you gotta, we gotta give a little love to Hector Hammond too. Yeah. Do you, mm. do we? <laughs> He was yeah. great in the movie, man. Let me tell you. Yeah. No, I, I love Hector Hammond, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's like, uh, from, especially the old, you know, from his uh, first appearance, like he's he's goofy, 
you know, but yeah, yeah, uh, I always really liked it. There's also yeah. you talk about other ones like you, there's Larfleys, you know, who's oh, yeah. you know, I mean, all that we're talking about the Rainbow Lands and kind of, I guess, like I, we didn't really talk too much about that. We just mentioned how great it was for people who don't know Green Lantern, like um, his powers will willpower based and when john's did it he created a whole like emotional spectrum so there's all these different colors that correspond with different uh different emotions and like there's yeah. the red lanterns are you know of course pissed um and atrocitus is such a great character too um villain uh, w- one of the better modern villains for it's all about please dude mm, yeah <laughs> uh, don't laugh yeah, one. yeah yeah uh what are you going to say, like, Zach Sonar? No, I was going to say Corona. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like well, a, a race to the worst. Yeah. <laughs> sonar, Corona. Corona. <laughs> no, I, I really like uh, characters also that were developed under the Johns um, sort of run, like uh, Sornik Natu. Um, you know, she was a fantastic character. You know, mm-hmm. obviously, if we go back a little bit, there's uh, Aresia Rob. You know, she's fantastic. If we're talking about villains, though, I mean, you think Aresia Rob is great? Yeah, I like her. Oh man, yeah, I thought she was one of the worst. <laughs> I always liked her. I always thought she was cool. Yeah, I, I, I like. I, I guess I like the history of her family and how they've been in the core for generations. I thought that was actually really cool. Well, that is awesome, but it's. Yeah. I think they just like completely mishandled the character for the most yeah. part. <laughs> like, in, when she gets like murdered, is like oh yeah, the unceremonious uh, <laughs> like. Rip. Yeah, and then if we're talking about like favorite, like we we gotta mention like if we're talking to like about villains too, we gotta talk about Major Force for a second. Oh, oh man. man! Yes, yes, <laughs> yes! Now we're getting to my territory. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, this is a guy who who is awesome. Like in that arc, I, I thought, but like if we're talking, if we rewind a little bit and we constructs. I remember in that run when Kyle Rayner made a construct in the form of an electric chair for major force mm-hmm. during their epic battle after, <laughs> after as, as our, some of our listeners might know, major force killed Rayner's girlfriend and forced her body into a refrigerator, which is the source of lots of controversies still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I love major force as a character. Shut up. Zach. Like <laughs> we hear Zach, like moaning. <laughs> yeah, er, like, groan. Uh, I mean, uh, the, what what was he? He was in the Superman Batman Public Enemies, right? Where yeah. No, yeah. He was great in that. And come on, Zach. Like, yeah. No, I'm just I'm just waiting for my chance to talk about Star Sapphire. That's all. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Let's talk about that. Mm. Let's talk about Star Sapphire. Like, tell us about Star Sapphire, Zach. All right, guys, buckle up. Well, so. <laughs> Who's your favorite star of Sapphire? I only know the one. I only know Carol Ferris. Well, you know, Wonder Woman had that too. One time. Yeah. Did yeah. you have for like, how long did you have that for? Like a couple issues or like a variant cover a variant cover worth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she, so she, I mean, she was Legion of Doom member popped up mm-hmm. uh, you know, quite a bit throughout the, you know, golden age, silver age stuff. So, I mean, I think we'd be remiss if we at least didn't mention star sapphire even though i'm i am hard pressed to think of any story i read where i was like oh man star sapphire is really awesome but i've always seen her around you know like she's been on the periphery of a lot of stories but i don't remember anything where she like really stood out to me i'm pretty sure pretty sure lobo was a star sapphire at one point yeah fatality was Ooh. speaking of ron mars character (laughs) (laughs) uh 
Who else was? There's so many. Um, well, Guy Gardner was a part of the Star Sapphires Corps, right? <laughs> like for a minute. For a second. Yeah, he was the. It was it was cool when Wonder Woman like that went that Wonder Woman actually cool like that was actually yeah. not that bad. I mean that was yeah. kind of neat. Yeah, I, I, there's yeah. nothing wrong with Star Sapphire. She's pretty cool. Um, you know, and it's again, it's just one other part of that spectrum, which is is pretty interesting. Like, I it, those of you that don't aren't very familiar with the different you know colors in that spectrum, what they represent. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of really cool characters. Obviously, we talked a little bit about the Red Lanterns. We talked a little about Star Sapphire. Um, you know, what are some of your other favorite characters within that spectrum, you guys? Uh, so you mean more? Are we talking more Star Sapphire characters, or well, just I mean we we talked we we mentioned largely, you know, obviously, you know, but uh, you know, is there any others that you guys are are fans of? Yeah. All, all I remember was a Green Lantern issue where Batman was try or the uh, yellow ring, the fear ring, was attempted to go to Batman, and he like he wore it for a giant splash page, and then he rejected it. That would have been the coolest fucking thing ever to have Batman like wielding, uh, you know, yellow lantern. I still remember, I think it was Ethan Van Skyver that did the splash page for it. It just looked incredible. Yeah, it's uh, great. That's a great variant, actually. Yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, gosh, yeah. If only what could have been there. Actually, I probably would have hated it, but anyway, <laughs> like, <laughs> it was cool for us. It's cool for a splash panel. I think some of the white like- lanterns are, are are interesting too. Like in bre- in brightest day, it's cool when Kyle is like one of the light white lanterns, and it's cool when um you know he, that that story kind of continues after brightest day, as you know as and he is a white lantern kind of like continuing on. But I, I always like that. Yeah, that was a time when everybody was getting a ring. It's like you get a ring, you get a ring. Like when Ray Palmer got one, like when he was the Indigo. Like I like that quite a bit. Um, I liked oh, when. Yeah. You know, John Stewart was one of the Indigo members too. So, yeah. like when they were just like shuffling, like it was like everybody was getting a ring. Yeah, uh, Lu- didn't Luther get the orange ring too? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah he did. Oh, yeah, cool. no, that's pretty yeah. cool. So, I mean, there's lots of really good characters, but what are some of the worst? I mean, like, what are some of the worst lanterns that you can possibly think of? They could be any freaking part of the spectrum here, but like, what do you think, Zach? Uh, I'm probably gonna get some hate for this one, but I didn't like that cat that was the Red Lantern. Oh my god, what? Yeah, like it was just I I don't know, like it just I mean I get it, like it's fun, it's cute, cats pissed has a lantern or whatever, but like, come on, like it's just a cat. Like there's angrier people out there. Like I read the whole backstory, you know, but there's at least two other people in this chat that would deserve a red ring before that cat. Are you kidding me? Well, like, I guess we have to cancel the cast now because, like, you know, the internet is basically all cast. So. Yeah. Well, no, it's and I, I think that's why because it just it felt kind of worst and uh, uh, you know it's just like because you know you know the internet is all cat memes and whatever and then you give the cat the red <laughs> ring and it just I don't know it just kind of fell flat on me or maybe I just I was just having a bad day when I read it I don't know what it was but it just it didn't really uh, leave me with a nice warm and fuzzy pun intended. Well, what about Xylus Zox? <laughs> are you gonna hate on xylus Zox too no I'll, I'll hate on ganort now i guess if you want right. okay yeah. why would you hate on ganort Gan- <laughs> i know he's low-hanging fruit i should praise ganort but did, did you know like in uh ganort's full name do you know what it is what's that ganort esplanada nismasher mm-hmm. interesting that's all I got in Gnort. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that little piece of Gnort knowledge there. What about you, Matt? What's your what? What are the, what are some of the worst ones that you know of? 
man, my worst up was going to probably be Arissa. Like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, you know, when you're like, she's so great. She's connected to all of them. I was like, this character, whack. Uh, <laughs> this character sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, I feel like, so we haven't talked about, like, some of the like, um, like Jessica Cruz or such, like, especially female lanterns. I feel like those characters were like, I feel like she was like a prototype, sadly, for all these like future characters. Like she didn't really have too many story arcs that really went anywhere. She gets like unceremoniously murdered, resurrected for no reason. Like she was well, just, when she was like a, when she was like 12 or something, Hal Jordan was like almost romantically involved. Yeah. There's like yeah. all these, that, like, we can blame, we can blame parallax for that too. I think. Yeah. <laughs> Convenient. It's all parallaxes, guys. <laughs> oh man! No, I think that that's a uh, you know we'll we'll take it. Your your hatred is uh, recognized here. Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't think it's a realized character. Like, yeah. and it's not that the character itself is bad because there's a lot, again, it should be fertile ground for a Green Lantern. It's got the history, got other family members, got you know, kind of a long publication history too. Like she's been oh, around. big time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, but just nothing ever came about. It. Like, and I feel like, again, always kind of like the prototype for other characters. Like, that, like Jessica Cruz is a better written character right now than Arisa. Yeah, Jessica, Jessica Cruz is fantastic. I, I think my, my least favorite, or I guess the worst lantern that I could possibly think of off the top of my head was a character that came out in the 1990s. Uh, I think it was an annual, I mean, I can't remember, but here, I thought it was comes the Kyle Rayner bashing right here. Man. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not going to be caught. It's a character called Jack T chance. So, mm. you know, <laughs> you, know, you guys got to go, got to Google Jack T chance. I mean, long hair check lives on a planet called Hellhole. check too extreme to wear your uniform. Cause he's wearing like a jacket and just jeans and whatever. Mm-hmm. Check. I mean, this is a guy who's like pure freaking nineties, uh, you know, he he, you know, shot a bad guy with a gun when his ring refused to to kill him. Like I mean, it's yeah. like so nineties. Uh, he's like, well, he's, you know, he's fought oh. Lobo on at least two occasions. So hmm. check and check. Uh, that's probably that's probably actually the worst. You know, he, did you know that that character is based on Grimjack? I don't know if there's no a, way. You got to be kidding. Really? No, like I, I I believe partly because it was created by the same guy. I, I think uh, John Ostrander, right? Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I believe they're pretty. It's like a nearly a photocopy. It's like it sounds like a real phoned-in character creation. It's like, yeah. well, I miss Grimjack. <laughs> he's like the most. He's like the most '90s character ever. He's like Supreme Edge Lord, you know. And uh, he's probably the worst, probably the worst lantern that I can think of. But you know, I guess you know when we're talking about lanterns and we're talking about you know the mythos that we're sharing, you know, we're just talking about stuff that's happening here in comics. We're talking about the books that we read. You know, but obviously this is the kind of thing that, um, you know, stretches across all forms of media. What do you guys think about, you know, some of the different media stuff? I, I know I kind of want to mention a couple different things, um, or at least one thing when we talk about media and we talk about like television or movies when, when we're talking about Green Lantern. I wanted to mention one media tidbit here that is actually positive because we're going to be dwelling a lot on the negative here. Um, but the one good <laughs> thing, the one, just as a preface. But I wanted to mention Green Lantern, the animated series. You know, this is created by Bruce mm-hmm. Tim. You know, most of you guys know who Bruce Tim is. He's fantastic. But this was an amazing show. And I mean, I, I loved every single part of the show. The only thing I didn't like about this animated series was the was animation. The, 
No, I actually, <laughs> I, you didn't, you didn't like the animation. I actually liked it. Um, but I, I didn't like Ron Perlman as the voice of Sinestro. Um, I love really? Ron Perlman. No, I love Ron. Yeah. You know, I love Ron Perlman, but he, he's mm-hmm. not, he doesn't have a Sinestro voice to me. Was his yeah. voice too low for you? I imagine Sinestro having uh, more of a pitched, like whiny voice kind of. Yeah, Sin- Sinestro kind of comes off as like this aristotic, or aristocratic actually, like kind of like, you know, kind of, I don't know, kind of like the way that he sounded on Injustice on those voiceovers and things like that. But, mm. um, you know, Ron Perlman, I didn't think that was the right f- fit there but this was an amazing show if you haven't ever if you've watched you know batman the animated series or anything like that you know check out green lantern the animated series um it it's is very good yeah it's super good it's sad because it was canceled too soon basically because of the awful performance of the live action film which you know you know zach we're, i know we'll zach talk, wants to we'll talk, talk about, about it this. here in a second i know zach wants to talk about this so you know <laughs> hey i want to say something positive too before we dovetail into that monstrosity Okay. Um, so the animated uh, stick with the animated theme. Um, I'm sure most people here listening have watched, uh, you know, the Batman, the animated series, and the Justice League. But uh, Justice League Unlimited, um, which came out, gosh, about like 15, 18 years ago now, had John nice. Stewart in there as a uh, Green Lantern, and um, honestly, that was my first real introduction to John Stewart. I didn't really read too many comics with him in there. And I came to really like him as Green Lantern. And if you uh, watch the animated series, it's it's done beautifully. It's the Bruce Timm style. So it's just like the animated series from Batman and Superman in the 90s. Just translated to the whole DC universe. Um, great storylines. Uh, just really, really great stuff with, uh, with Jon Stewart in there. So if you haven't checked that out, definitely check that out. Yeah. But, I mean, Jon Stewart, I mean, we is shockingly, we didn't mention him throughout the rest of the, the show here. But... He's probably he's he's one of the best Green Lanterns also. So, you know, he's anytime they're going to do some new media. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's going to end up being Jon Stewart. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. They're probably, yeah. But, you know, to talk about nice media, too, we, we mentioned the new frontier. Um, and so you can catch that in the animated form, which is really, really good. Um, you know, and then Green Lantern is really good, too that uh also animated uh um, oh, yeah. dc movie so i think yeah. Nathan was his voice right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah the kind of like fan fan service there also a bruce tim project no basically ba- ba- here, yeah, all, basically all anything bruce tim is gonna be good i mean <laughs> you know if it, if it has bruce tim like buy it like you know get it like watch it you definitely see it so what did you guys think about the movie i mean you know we Fucking know garbage like you know this was like a devastating like event for a lot of us and i know a lot of us saw it in the theater right Zach? yeah 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 so well i saw it in in a manner of speaking so i went there with a with a group of friends to go watch it sat down watched probably about the first 15 minutes of it and then i fell asleep and then i woke up <laughs> at the credits um so the thing is I, I wasn't necessarily tired going into the movie um i just think that my body subconsciously just shut myself down in order to not watch what was happening on screen yeah. um so i and truth be told i don't think i've ever actually sat through the whole thing i've seen it in like chunks and the chunks that I've seen, I've just not wanted anything to do with. And, uh, you know, from you guys, I've heard, you know, obviously that it's terrible. It was a defense um, mechanism then is what you're saying. It, it was, it was, it, it was my, <laughs> it was my body. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, God, what, a, how do you fuck this up so bad? Like, yeah. it's well, just, it's pretty strange because, you know, you have 
so many A-list talent in it that should, you know, you have great actors. You have Peter Sarsgaard, you have Mark Strong, uh, Tim Robbins, Angela Bassett. Uh, Blake Lively was in it, right? She was Carol yeah. Ferris. Yeah. Of course, Ryan Reynolds is in it, who should be a good Hal and on paper. Yeah, on uh, paper. And, you know, uh, the director was the dude who directed GoldenEye. And so he, like, directed, like, I can't remember that dude's name, but he did like other blockbuster uh, movies. Uh, Martin Campbell guy's name. Ooh. Yeah. See, and so he should have like theoretically, like when this was being made, this should have really like propelled the DC film universe. And that oh, was yeah. 2010 or something, but it actually in effect, like killed it. <laughs> like yeah, to- totally killed it. And I mean, I'm so I'm going to get a little shit here. Uh, <laughs> Don't absolutely hate the movie. Like, I think I saw it after everybody hated it so bad. Like, I didn't see it in the theater. Um, Mostly because I was worried about PTSD. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I was worried that I was, you know, I didn't want my dreams to be crushed. Because your friends were so scarred. You were like, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and if which nobody knows here is that we've all been friends forever. And everybody's like, this is the worst hunk of shit I've ever seen. (laughs) Like, Oh my God, green lantern, my heart. So I didn't see it until it came out to like rent. And then I had to get like brave enough to like rent the movie back when you saw it to rent movies. And, you know, I saw it and it's awful. It's, it's really bad, but I think it's like the worst DC universe movie. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, now. Yeah. 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 I mean, at the time, it was definitely the worst. There's actually probably about, I mean, there's still the Justice League movie that, you know, at yeah. least. Oh, God. Suicide Squad. I mean, I there's mean there, there, there are good things about the movie, though. I mean, I, I you know, I thought it was a complete disaster. I, I thought that Abin Sur was loyal to the comics. I thought that was okay. Um, I thought the OS scenes were kind of cool. The special effects were relatively well done. I would have to say that Max Strong as Sinestro was spot on, though. Yeah, he was, he was fantastic as that role, and it's sad that we're probably never going to see him again as Sinestro. Uh, he which always is a, plays a great villain. Yeah, it was great, and I mean, Kilowog and Tomar Ree were both super good as well. Like they looked great, they sounded great. So what the was rest, it then? Yeah. Why, why the, did it suck so much? The, the The rest of it was just absolutely terrible. I I'm not a big um, Hammond fan, and I just thought the rest was terrible. I thought the parallax depiction was the, lame. The plot was god awful. Oh, the, the plot was oh, god awful. The plot was bad. The, it was. That, that was so I bad. think that was awesome. It was probably the worst part of the whole damn thing. Like it just right. it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense linearly bouncing back and forth between. Oh, uh, like how hard is it? I mean, to take Hal Jordan off the planet, get him trained, and then have the rest of the movie take place in space. I mean, I realize you'd probably have to cut out like the Hammond stuff and the Carol Ferris like love interest stuff yeah. to really make it work, but. I mean, it's it's doable. I mean, fuck well, Star Wars did it. It's like a lot of blockbuster <laughs> movies. They kind of like you know, they take like chunks. They're like, okay, we need to have the love interest. We need to have big space park. We need to have you know. And yeah. what we've come to learn from other Marvel movies and such is that you don't necessarily need that. You just need to have better written stories, like even just a singular story. And even I think DC learned that lesson with uh, the Aquaman movie. The Aquaman movie was a huge success. Primarily because it had nothing to do with anything else they were doing. So, um, you know, that Green Lantern kind of was like, like you guys said, just kind of like, I felt like it was very pieced together. It was like seven movies at once, like uh, for, and they kept going back to this one because they're like, oh shit, we got to. Yeah, they're like, oh, whoops, you know. Oh man, we mentioned something. Got to go back. 
who said Hector <laughs> Hammond was very, very like forced in on there. Like no, like no point. And that was a time when a lot of comic book movies had to have two villains or whatever for whatever reason. You know, so you never yeah. got a good villain depiction. You got kind of two like meh, you know. And yeah. was Lancy Brown the voice of Parallax? Now that I, I think I can't remember. I know there was a lot of like I know like Jeffrey was voicing Tamari in, in the in the movie, but I can't remember. Oh, Clancy yeah. Brown, Clancy Brown yeah. might have. Yeah, so um, Clancy Brown did, and then Michael Clark Dun- Duncan was the voice of Kilowog. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I forgot that too. Uh, like, yeah, so I mean, the cast was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. yeah, it was, no, it was good. Yeah, no, they had good. all the ingredients to make a really like good movie cake, and it just came out like dog shit, man. Like it just. <laughs> I guess I guess that's part of the reason why it's it's frustrating is that it could have been good like the the concept there I mean that wasn't tied down by any DC movie bullshit continuity they could have done anything with it and they made that you know yeah it came out that bad well what do you guys yeah. think of uh, the rumors about this new Green Lantern Corps film like what do you guys well what do, what do you guys is it a that? film or a TV series no is this is I thought it was going to be a feature feature length film. I didn't think that it was going to be on HBO, but is that the one that was rumored for like 10 years starring Jack black and it was going to be a comedy? No, 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 it's not that one. No, not at all. No, like, uh, I think, you know, uh, so it's nearly impossible to trust DC to make any live action, anything. And yes. So, Without getting too much into um, a violent altercation over <laughs> how what we think is good, because uh, I, I didn't like Watchmen personally. I watched the first episode and I disliked it really heavily on HBO. Yeah. And so that was kind of like, and I know they were going to be springboarding that into other HBO that are like, you know, in Green Lantern. I think it's. I don't think it's a movie. I thought it was. Supposed be like a tv series on hbo I mean, oh, okay and same with like strange adventures was supposed to be added. justice league dark right justice league dark but yeah i don't think they're gonna be anything like what we expect from the characters so i mean it should be simple it should be like buddy cop space show which could be great you could have you know the thing about it is there's so many characters you could put any you know so but on that note, again, like I like I said, I watched the Watchmen adaptation and I absolutely loathed it, like loathed it. I didn't even finish the second episode. I turned it off. And there's people that love that, though. So, you know, to put it on a different spectrum, you know, but. Oh, yeah. No, I, I have really low expectations. Most of the DC cinematic universe, like I just watched um, uh, the Birds of Prey movie finally. Oh, gosh. Oh, why? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a quarantine. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I actually thought that was one of the better. Movies. No like, way. Seriously. I think it was better than 90%. Was it, was it better than Suicide Squad? Yes. Well, wow. Well, I mean, come on. Well, Suicide Squad makes no sense. This at least has like a through point. Like there's oh. like a beginning, middle and end. Suicide Squad just like, you know, like vomiting on screen. Like it's just, yeah, it was just a bunch of edits of intros of characters spliced together for a movie. And yeah. Same thing with Justice League. It was kind of like a mess. Like, and I, I you know, I, I'm not trying to say that I like absolutely love the Birds of Prey movie, but I'm just saying that's where the bar is. So, right. you know, could it be good? Yeah. Will it be? Uh, I, I don't know. Like, just judging, I'm going off by, you know, what I think 
that HBO is going to do, which is probably do radically different things than what we actually like about the characters, you know, which obviously they've taken no notes on anything that's been successful for the past, you know, decades right. of movies and just try something completely. Different. I mean, I'm hearing like, I mean, I thought it was when I was reading things, I thought it would, that we were looking at a feature length film and then I, you heard might be rumors, right. I heard rumors about Chris Pine. I heard rumors about, um, you know, different actors actually that were attached to potentially a John Stewart role. Um, you know, but man, well, I think I, it, I think you're thinking of two separate things because I think they're supposed to be like justice rejiggering. Oh, you broke up there a little bit. Yeah. Can you say that one more time? Oh, I'm sorry. I think you're thinking of two separate things because I think they're supposed to be like some rejiggering, rebooting of some of the DC stuff. Like John Stewart, I believe, will be like in a JLA movie or something in the future. But the Green Lantern show, I think, is being developed by HBO. I could be wrong. Uh, yeah. And, and that's going to be like a separate thing. And Chris Pine can't be uh, Green Lantern since he is already in the DC universe as Steve Trevor oh, from the Wonder true. Woman movies. Uh, that's true. No, he's not. That's uh, Captain Kirk. That's Chris <laughs> Pine. Oh, oh, I'm thinking Chris Pratt. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> no, isn't that? Yeah, that's Star-Lord, bro. Yeah, what? I'm sorry. Generic uh, white people. Yeah, for <laughs> generic white people. So with our yeah. generic white people sort of sedge we're going to kind of talk about um, <laughs> our question of the week, which is essentially going to be what character from a different comic universe would be the best lantern or one that you would like to see? And it can be any spectrum that you want. It could be Green Lantern, Red Lantern, Orange Lantern, whatever you want. What do you think, Zach? Ooh. Well, so I was uh, primarily thinking of Green Lantern and uh, the whole concept of fear and, and overcoming fear and uh, particular who we've actually talked about a few different times during this episode that, uh, you know, his motto is built right in there. He overcomes fear. And that's Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think he would be a great Green Lantern. Um, it would be, I mean, it, it would go, go against kind of his his street roots, but it would be great seeing him. Uh, like, basically, I kind of want to see what a blonde guy comes up with. I, with, I was going to say, like, what would his constructs look like? It, it I, would I just don't be know, like blobs. Yeah, it'd just be like big pancakes <laughs> dropping on everything, or whatever. like, or just Their be feelings. It'd be oh, it'd be like outlines based off of like what he sees with the sonar vision. So like, yeah, yeah, it would just be like. I mean, that's a pretty cool choice. I think that's really is. cool. Yeah, it'd be yeah. like the frame of a house with no details built in falling down on people or something. Like, you'd have a lot of potential there. Um, but yeah, I just, I think it'd be good to see him. I, initially, I was thinking Tony Stark. Like, it'd be interesting to see what he could well, do. Well, they've done that. Yeah, they did the Iron Lantern, right? Yeah. Are, you yeah. are you thinking the Amalgam? Yeah, Amalgam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, not, it's not good. That would be on our worst Lantern list. But. Yeah, I want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> we'll see, but that's the thing is that Tony's not, he's not really the type to, to over come fear like in the the green lantern way like especially depending yeah. on which iteration of the character you're reading he, he tends to just run from his problems or drink them away depending what area you're reading yeah. so <laughs> depends on where we're at here yeah <laughs> so yeah matt murdoch as a uh, green lantern that's my pick that's a that's a great one what about you zach nope you what already asked you? me what about, what, what about you matt interchangeable so, white people man it's not <laughs> yeah it's generic white people matt zach mark mike billy chris um, chris Chris, Chris, who's the pasty face white actor? No. Chris, <laughs> Chris, something. Um, <laughs> no, I um, I'm going to kind of throw a curveball in it, and this is allowed. But I would like to see actually uh, Ghost Rider be a Red Lantern. Oh my Ooh, god! Wow. Yeah, <laughs> one because I think it would be visually cool. Two, I just like uh, you know 
uh, I just want to see Ghost Rider do some other stuff. I like Cosmic which, Ghost Rider, so I like that a lot. You know, which like iteration that. of Ghost Rider are you talking here? Ooh, yeah, there, there you go. That's a good question. Um, <clears throat> no, that's a good question. Uh, everybody's gonna say Blaze or Danny, so that's kind of lame. You got to go with, uh, like what Tim Holt. Let me choose. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Let me choose the original ones. So it'd be like a cowboy in space, Ghost Rider. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was a deep cut right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would probably choose Danny because I think Danny's more pissed than Johnny. Johnny's more. Danny was like, you know, Danny was ready to always like just like beat the living shit out of stuff. So yeah, I could totally see him being a red lantern. Yeah, Johnny. Johnny would be the you know, uh, sad lantern, just like what. <laughs> Oh, I sold my soul to the devil shit. Uh, <laughs> cry about it the whole time. You know, what Danny is like, you did this to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think mine is mine is going to be the comedic pick. And, um, you know, those of you that are uh, Howard Chaykin fans really like this, but um, oh, God. And, and especially if you've read Black mm. Kiss before, you know, we, we want to <laughs> like invoke a little bit of Black Kiss in here, but I, mine would probably be American flag as a star sapphire. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably that would probably be mine i think that would be interesting especially if it had shaken's brand of just filth you know attached to it. it would be super interesting um it would be very controversial and uh everyone would hate him for it so that would be my pick but uh yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Well, Kurt, one one curveball. I want you guys' opinion on this because uh, American flag uh, just reminded me of this character. If you <laughs> would give, if you would give a ring to Judge Dredd, which one would you give him? Wow. Uh, I think you would just have to give him a lantern, a regular green lantern ring. No. You know, if which you one? gave him a if you gave him a red lantern, ring, uh, it would it'd be brutal. Yellow would be. See, I was thinking scary. more yellow. Yeah, that would be really freaky. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yellow would probably there, work the best. Yeah, that was my backup pick. I just want to see what you guys think. <laughs> well, you can always pitch that to DC. You know, they're not doing anything right now. Cool. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> All righty. Well, we're gonna wrap up the cast. We we hope you uh, enjoyed listening to our lanternness um, in this episode, and we had a lot of fun talking about it with you guys. Um, we're going to be coming back with episode four. Stay tuned because we're going to be announcing a prize winner in that episode. Um, you know, so make sure you subscribe to our channel. Make sure you follow us. Um, I also want to kind of go around round robin here and say, you know, where you can find us. Where can we find you, Zach? Uh, on Instagram at uh, Paper Abyss Comics, and then uh, at uh, the next uh, show will be the Dark Hawk special. So you guys are going to want to tune in for that one. <laughs> Hour and a half and nothing but Dark Hawk. My, my amulet is ready. <laughs> will that be a, the solo show will that be yeah that's a, that's a one-man show yeah <laughs> I, I hope so yeah God, i might just, just i might just it. i just yeah I'll, I'll do that one with videos so that way people can see the gleam of hope that gets in my eye and then well, well the best part about that show is that the last 10 minutes will just be you silently like just kind of weeping a little bit like throughout the remainder so yeah once i talk about the fraternity of raptors right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes um, you can find me uh, pretty much all over the place. First, which you've probably heard about, and then also Cosmic Skull Comics on uh, Instagram. You can follow and see my sad little posts every day about all the stuff I love and that I'm spending money on. Um, so, yeah. 
Cool. Well, I, I think you may have uh, had a little bit of a drop out there. So again, I want to let you people know you can find Matt at Exalted Funeral. Look that stuff up online. Um, it's your game resource. You want to get some awesome, cool devil games. That's where you want to get them. Um, if you want to look us up, you can find us at on Twitter. It's just Turbo Comics Podcast. You can also find Turbo Comics on Facebook. It's just Turbo Comics or on Instagram at Turbo Comics. Um, you can also visit our website. We just got a bunch, like I think like six or seven brand new awesome mashup tees. We got a ton of new inventory coming up in the in the store. It's a uh, turbocomicshop.com. So definitely take a look at that. And with that, we will talk to you soon in episode four.